This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. All right. Well, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Um, stoked to have you on. Like we were just talking about, you know, we've been watching each other from a distance, I guess, for a while now. And I've, I've really, I've been inspired to watch the changes you've made over time. Um, but I think you, you'll be a new entity to, to my listeners. So just in brief, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on for sure. And, you know, like you mentioned, we've been communicating now for years, you know, kind mm. of going back and forth and connected a while back. Um, you know, I've been following your work too as well, man. Love what you're up to, love what you're doing. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my whole like journey or whatever started about 10 years ago now. So I've been on this kind of self-help path for a while. Mm. Um, you know, I, back in the day, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of problems, anxiety problems, depression problems, no confidence, um, no dating life. Like we mentioned earlier, we all kind of started from like one of our foundations was was learning how to communicate and, and be more effective attracting women. And, you know, back in the day, I had zero confidence in that area, too. So it was a big problem for me for many years. Um, but, you know, just going down this self-help journey, you mentioned a good point a few minutes ago, too, when we kind of officially went on the call. Um, there's no skill that I have personally that all probably 99.9% of your listeners don't already have. Mm. Um, all Everything I've done to kind of get myself to the position where I'm at today and, you know, overcoming all these problems with anxiety and panic and um, panic attacks and depression and low confidence, all those things, all those skills I learned and, and taught myself how to kind of develop over time. So it took me a number of years to do it, but really just kind of trying different things and pushing myself and challenging myself all the time. I was able to do it over the over a number of years and really kind of, um, you know, Figure, figure these problems out. And then from that point forward, I realized I loved helping other guys out about these problems. Mm. And, you know, fast forward six, seven years, and here I am today with, uh, you know, the, the magazine and the podcast I have. Oh, I love it. There's so much for us to go into deeply there. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think the first thing you point out, you know, just this, the sheer number of years that's taken you from the point where you sort of consciously started working on yourself till now, I think... You know, a lot of the guys I work with, they struggle with just the amount of time these changes take, especially at the beginning, uh-huh. you know, and um, I think a lot of people give up without realizing they're actually making progress. They're just in the, the slow part of the curve, you know, the bit where it's really hard and you have to deal with your biggest demons, you know. Um, so if you're, if you're cool with it, man, I'd like to go a bit deeper into some of that stuff, and particularly you, you kind of hinted at anxiety and depression, something uh-huh. that... Well, I mean, unless someone's a psychopath, they've experienced at least a little bit, you know, and uh, a lot of people, it's one of those things that we all go through and nobody's talking about it, you know, um, and I, I, I'm keen to hear a bit more about how it showed up in your life before you were dealing with it and how it affected you. Yeah, so it showed up for me um, and actually, you know, looking back now, it's like when it's happening at the time, you don't realize um, what's really going on in your life. You just think it's the worst thing. And it was at the time, at that point in my life, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Like it lasted, these panic attacks lasted about three to four months. The depression was so bad. I was suicidal, like thinking about just ending my life like every single day for about six months straight. Um, and 
at the time, it was the absolute worst position I'd ever been in in my life. But looking back now, it was actually sort of a blessing in disguise. It was the mm-hmm. trigger for me to make massive change in my life and figure out the problems in my life that were holding me back at that point. And I had no, like I said, I had no direction. I had no friends. I had no dating life, no social life, no like skills on how to go out and improve myself. And going through these problems actually pushed me into into realizing that I had a, a big problem on my hands. Like I had no idea where I wanted to go with my life and no direction, kind of no purpose as a man at that point um, for, for where I wanted to head. And going through those problems pushed me into taking massive action and real, like basically waking up. Like I, I knew I had problems and I was kind of just ignoring the, ignoring them from that point forward. And so I think your mind kind of actually, like your subconscious mind knows best. It knows what to do. And for me, um, as bad as it is, it, it, it was basically telling me, like it was signaling to myself, like, you know, wake up, you have a problem, you have a lot of problems here, take action on these things and, and make a difference. And, um, you know, that's what it actually did for me. So, I mean, it took me going through the worst thing you could possibly go through, suicidal depression, panic attacks, anxiety all the time. Um, but it took me in, into those places to kind of go to that extreme to push me out and kind of spring me up and, and like reawaken my life at that point and kind of motivate me into changing myself well i mean you can hear in that you know how far you've come in terms of dealing with not only those issues but dealing with the shame you have around them I and mean, you talk about them so confidently now you've obviously <laughs> you've come to peace with them and and i think you've identified the thing that somebody at the beginning of the journey can't even comprehend is that you're actually at a place where you sound like you're grateful for that now like you wouldn't change it almost yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. And for a long, long time, I, I hated this side of me. I never talked about it, was shy about kind of even bringing it up. And um, But the more you kind of realize, or the more you can kind of let go of your past and some of the things that happened in your past, um, the, you know, the, the regrets or the things that caused you trouble, the more you can kind of forgive those things and let go of them, I think the happier and more content you're going to be in, in the now, what's happening right now, like the present moment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's wisdom right there. I mean, the way I see it, if you have regret about your past, you're actually just regretting who you are right now because the past is just inside you right now. You know, it's just memories and stuff. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm really keen to go into this more because what I think someone's going to struggle with listening to this is how did you go from that to where you're at now? Like, I, I like how you've kind of pointed out a key thing here, which is that crisis. It was so bad that it like forced you into changing. Um, and I think a lot of people actually, in a sense, they miss out if things aren't that bad for them because they don't have the push they need to deal with whatever's going on. You know, you obviously had that push. What was, tell us a bit about like the turning point for you. What, at what point did you go, fuck, I'm going to do something about this? And how did that happen? Um, I think it was a turning point where after getting, you know, these panic attacks for so long, it was just like, uh, actually, come to think of it, it was, I'm, I'm sitting, and again, this is about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. sitting on the couch one day, and I'm, you know, I'm getting panic attacks all the time, have this really bad depression. I'm sitting there, and, and this kind of uh, shows you, you know, what period this was, but it was, I don't know if you know that, that show Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a great show. It went on for like, whatever, six, seven seasons or something, but it was like the first season maybe like the first or second episode i'm sitting um at my house watching it with my father uh, watching like one of the episodes with my dad and i remember like the, the show is great and i remember like it being good 
But I also remember, like, for the entire episode, just kind of blanking out and just thinking, like, like being so depressed that I was just like, why, why am I even like here? Why am I like watching this? Like, I just want to like kill myself. It was that bad. Like, it was so mm-hmm. just depressing and like sad and hopeless and everything at once just kind of hit me. And I remember like that day, like maybe a couple hours later that night, um, you know, just realizing like, this is really bad. I have to make a change. I can't just kind of keep ignoring this and pretending like it's not really a big deal that everything's okay. I have to do something. And from that point forward, I spent all of my energy, all my time, all my effort into figuring out how I was going to fix this depression and get over this anxiety and these panic attacks that kept crippling me. Like when you get a panic attack, it like scares the hell out of you. You just keep worrying and, and getting more terrified about having the next panic attack that it like kind of creeps up all over your life. So it was really that day that I decided that enough is enough. I have to make a change. I'm not going to keep ignoring this problem and just kind of putting it off. Yeah, and that's, well, I mean, that that takes so much courage to make that step because to me that sounds like responsibility. You know, like this is my thing I have to deal with. It's not going to deal with itself. Yeah. It's it's no one else is going to come and rescue me here. Um, yeah. And that's such that's a, such a hard transition that one to go from sort of victim to responsible. That's so hard. Um, so what happened next, man? Like that first when you first took responsibility like that and and started working on it. How did you start working on it? What was the first stage for you? So there was a lot of things that I tried initially that just mm. completely sucked and didn't help me at all. <laughs> um, I would just you know I'd literally go on on like Google and and YouTube and. And this is back, you know, it was kind of all just like fairly new. I mean, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is today, but I'd go on and just search everything I could and spend hours and hours on end. Like when I get motivated about something, when I get my mindset on something, like I'm going to do it, I spend all of my time, I kind of like deep dive into it and just go full on, you know, face first into something. And that's exactly what I did here. So I'd search everything under the sun about, you know, curing depression, um, how to treat depression naturally, how to um, cause I, I was also, I didn't want to go down like the whole antidepressant route and, you know, mm. start taking pills and have to rely on them and et cetera. It kind of just wasn't the way I wanted to do things. So I'd go, you know, natural cures, natural treatments, how to overcome depression, how to stop panic attack. I'd search everything under the sun and just start trying all sorts of stuff. And then I started buying programs for it. I started buying courses for it, audio, um, MP3s for it. And like I said, a lot of it didn't work at first. Um, but slowly I kind of just, you know, by throwing stuff at the wall, some of it started to stick and the mm. things that were sticking, I, I, you know, research even more into and kind of dive into more and into that stuff. And, um, it was definitely a process of just trial and error, but I was able to kind of slowly put to things together and, you know, looking up guys like, uh, Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle, sort of the self-help legends of, of the world. Um, you know, those guys really resounded with me and kind of stuck out and, um, uh, I used a lot of the, what they were teaching and some of the, the, the principles that they were using to uh, to kind of pull myself out. And then when I pulled myself out of like this initial funk, the rest of the stuff came kind of easier after that. Because like when you can overcome a problem like depression where you're suicidal or panic attacks where you're getting three to four of them a week and they're just crippling your life. When you can overcome something like that, going up and talking to a woman is easy. I mean, it's not easy because it's still a lot of work you have to do. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, you know, in the back of your mind, you can you can do it with a lot of, you know, trial and error and just hard work. Now, this is this is such a key, key lesson here, I think, you know, it's really important for anyone listening to take this one on board, is that high error rate at the beginning, you know, you're willing to go through a lot of stuff that didn't work to find the few things that did at the start. 
Um, yeah. And that, that it sounds like it gave you a resilience with just trial and error in general. After that, you're able to go through trial and error with, I guess, more acceptance that a lot of it's error, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, And that's exactly. Because I, I, I see this problem everywhere, is people give up early because the first stuff they try doesn't work. And I want them to hear what you're saying here because... It, it's like that at the beginning. You know, I was the same when I went through my initial kind of transformation. It started actually with the pickup stuff. Um, but there was also some, like, I was trying some working out and some eating and all this stuff. And just most of it didn't work. But there was, there was this kind of hope that I got when I realized I actually get to try everything. I can at least try everything before I give up. You know, I can try everything. And then, of course, occasionally, like you say, something sticks. And you're like, holy shit, if I just keep trying stuff, I find little bits and pieces over time. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's awesome, man. And, I mean, this is exactly what I wanted people to hear when they listen to this show, is that this thing wasn't, you know, where you're at now wasn't handed to you on a plate. You were willing to experiment with a lot of stuff and go through a lot of stuff that didn't work uh, in order to find what, what suited you. Uh, so that's fantastic, man. And... I'm curious, as I'm, as I'm sure, you know, our audience is curious, at what point did this transition into you working on the social scene, you know, working on your dating and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so it, it took me um, probably six months or so to really get a hold of, and I wasn't like, you know, perfect with this, but it was. It took me about six months or so to really get a hold of the depression, the anxiety, and the panic attacks. Mm. and I figured those things out first because those are obviously the most important to kind of get myself grounded and, and be just no, like a normal guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it was like, all right, now I'm kind of baseline again. Now I got to figure out all these other problems. Now I got to figure out how to communicate with girls. Now I got to figure out how to make friends. Now I got to figure out how to socialize and push myself out of my comfort zone because I was always a quiet, shy guy. Um, that was just me. I'm a natural introvert. I'm a very sort of shy and you know socially kind of quiet guy and i don't like being the center of attention as much as i do you know now it's like Hmm. you know i give speeches and stuff and uh, i actually love it now because i've kind of trained myself to but it's not something that came naturally so when i was like baseline after i figured out these you know major problems it was like all right now i'm going to take the next step and um i start the first thing i started with was like dating advice and i started you know researching all these dating coaches and even pickup artists at the time and again, I, because like you mentioned a minute ago, I had that sort of resiliency and, and that, you know, belief that in the back of my mind, it was going to be a lot of trial and error. It was going to be a lot of things that weren't going to work, but I knew I had to try them anyways and just kind of implement them for myself to see if they were, you know, effective for me or maybe even a little helpful. So at that point, I just pushed myself out of my comfort zone, started going up and, and basically approaching all, you know, women everywhere I went, it was like, I would talk to girls. If I was at the grocery store, if I was walking down the street, if I was at school, I just started communicating. And it wasn't like, you know, I put on a, a, a pickup artist hat and, you know, put on all this jewelry and it was, you know, a pickup artist all of a sudden. It was more like I was just like a social guy all of a sudden. And just, again, as it wasn't natural to me, I pushed myself and made myself become that social guy who just communicated and talked to everybody. So I, I was talking to old ladies. I was talking to couples. I was talking to uh, grocery store clerks when I went out to the grocery store. And then I also ended up getting a job at a grocery store, which is really cool. And, you know, I'd be bagging, 
and talk to everybody that came, like every single person that came through my line, I'd strike up a little conversation with the uh, the the person I, that was the cashier, that was the girl who was uh, bringing people up. I'd have a conversation with her, and then I'd walk around the store and stop talking to people, you know, throughout the store. The bread lady, the uh, service desk lady, the the guys stocking the shelves, the the meat guy, the fish guy, like everybody in the store. Actually, like out over the course of a few months loved me because I'd always have like a conversation with them and I'd really get to know them. And so I was just literally like, it was as great as it was to, um, as fun as it must've been, you know, for like them to kind of shoot the shit with me all the time and have like little conversations with me because I got good at like communicating with people. Um, as fun as it was, you know, or or beneficial as it was to have someone like me in the store where I would just kind of like, you know, the fun guy who had conversations with people. It was literally like practice for me. It was the best way to just throw myself into sort of the gauntlet and, um, and and practice exactly what I wanted to learn. And, and from that point forward, I just, you know, tried and tried and got better and better at communicating and socializing with people. Well, I mean, that was just, yeah, that's just like the how-to guide right there. And <laughs> I, I particularly there's, there's a point I want to go into with that is you talked about kind of pushing something, pushing yourself into something that at first felt unnatural. And, and I see this a lot as well, people going, oh, that's not really me. And I always think, well, it's not you now because you have all these yeah. insecurities and barriers. But what you really are hasn't even been discovered yet. You haven't even let him uh-huh. out or her out yet. Um, and I also love the very practical idea of, like, if you've got social anxiety issues, then get yourself a social job. You know, put yourself in the in the deep end there. Um, <laughs> what What I'm keen to go into, what I'm sure you know, people struggle with, how were you able to find the strength to put yourself through all that? What, what, what gave you that catalyst to put yourself into so much discomfort? I think, I mean, I think I honestly had something inside me, even in my deepest, darkest moments of depression and anxiety, there was always something inside of me that I knew I wasn't going to give in as much as I, you know, thought about suicide and, you know, had these things, the thoughts all the time. It was never like I knew I was going to go through with it and I knew I would, you know, kill myself or I knew that it, whatever it was, I just had something in the back of my mind that still had the, the slightest, slimmest uh, bit of hope and that I could overcome this. And, um, you know, I, I'd say, you know, I had all this depression, I had all these problems. Um, there's something inside me and, and I think there's something inside everybody that you really have to just kind of think about if, you know, if you are in these dark moments of your life, you are in the, you know, the toughest parts of your life, there's something inside you that has that willpower to just succeed no matter what it is. And I said earlier too, I'm not special. And 99.9% of the guys listening have everything I have right now. So it's not like it's unique to me, but there's something inside of you and there's something inside of me that wants to fight for you, that wants to fight for your life, that wants to fight for your success. And you really have to kind of search and, and, and look and, and really soul search and find it if it, you know, you're in the darkest moments of your life, but it's in there somewhere. And it, it's always been in me. I've always had it inside me. And just building off that, like when I'd overcome these depression problems and these panic problems, anxiety problems, it kind of resurfaced even more. And it was like more apparent that, yeah, it's inside of me. I have this willpower. I have this strength, this inner strength inside me to succeed. And um, when I'd overcome these problems, it was like, yeah, it took me a long time. It took me six months or so of like working on this every day and studying my ass off and researching things and trying things. Um, but I, I overcome it and I just built the more resilience and I built more, um, 
uh, hope and, and confidence that I could do anything. And so I took that and, and just applied that. And I, I apply this every single day, even now, like, uh, mm. you know, business wise or, you know, making business deals with people and, and, and you know, promoting something, whatever it is, um, selling products. I apply the same concept to things every single day. And I know that I can succeed as long as I just keep pushing forward with it. Yeah, and that that's that's so important, isn't it? Because you're still, I guess, I don't know if struggle is the right word, but you know, you're still on the mission. You're still applying the same things that got you to where you are now. A lot of people would see a guy like you and think you've crossed some sort of uh, imaginary finish line, um, <laughs> but it just never ends, right? Like it's just a, an accumulation. It starts with just getting to the point where you're managing depression and panic attacks. And then it becomes like trying to grow this massive enterprise that you've built. But that's all one journey, isn't it? It's just one constant growth journey. And I think that's that's a key thing here. Is, is I like that people can see this timeline in you now. Like there was that point where you were at the lowest low. You know, that kind of what, the, what an addict would call rock bottom or whatever. You know, they kind of it just can't get more painful than that. Um, yeah. But the, what you did to deal with that is the same thing you're using to deal with whatever your current struggles and barriers are, right? Um, yep. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. And that, that's what I love about, you know, talking to, to guys like yourself and hearing that, especially guys like you who are willing to be truthful about where you came from, if that's how it's put. Um, and, and like you keep emphasizing, you know, no one's really advantaged here. We've just done it for a long time. And we were willing to go through all the pain uh, to to make it happen. So, given given everything you've done so far, you know, tell us a bit now, because I'm really curious from my own uh, kind of fascination. You know, for me, I started with this pickup stuff, and a lot of the the socializing I was doing was quite manufactured. You know, it was better than nothing, but it was kind of fake, and after a long time, I eventually found I found a connection with being honest with people. Look, kind of like the conversation we're having today, like letting them see what really is going on in my past and in my present, um, and letting them connect with that. Tell tell us a bit about your thoughts and your journey around that concept, about the concept of you opening up like this. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't something, um, I think I mentioned earlier that came easy, like talking about this stuff. I'm a naturally kind of introverted, quiet, shy guy even. And, you know, just talking about like, for instance, my dad is like a, um, for anyone who's kind of on, uh, I guess, uh, Western society, Western, um, part of the world, America. You, you might be familiar with Boston or even New York, which is kind of similar. You're mm. probably more familiar with New York, which is similar to Boston. It's, it, there's, there's parts of Boston, parts of New York that are working class, tough areas, neighborhoods. Um, that's kind of my, where my father came from. He's, he's part of Boston, one of the toughest neighborhoods in Boston, South, South Boston. Right. And he's just, you know, hard working class guy. And if you ever actually saw that movie, Good, Goodwill Hunting, that's kind of the oh, area yeah. that he uh, grew up. So that, that might, uh, you know, resound with your listeners, uh, resonate. But that's kind of his upbringing. So he's like a tough guy. He's, you know, has that, uh, he taught me a lot of good qualities. He taught me like a toughness and, you know, to, to fight for things and, you know, be motivated about stuff. He brought all those things to me. But he also um, wasn't as open, say, about like talking about your feelings, showing emotions, being vulnerable. Um, and so those are things I didn't really learn from him or learn naturally. And mm -hmm. so 
the natural sort of instinct for me is to to be tough and 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 you know say that everything's okay or pretend like things are fine and um, not open up or be vulnerable about my feelings. But it took me a number of years. But when I, I kind of started helping other guys, especially with their dating life and confidence, stuff, that's kind of the first thing I jumped into uh, when I started helping other men. It took me years to really talk about the struggle, the, the things that I mentioned today. Um, but when I started talking about that, not only did I realize that it was profound in, in the guys I was helping, the guys I was coaching, because they really resonated with a lot of that stuff, I also realized that it helped me kind of have more closure with it and it helped me put it more in the past and be more accepting about what happened to me. So the more open I am, the more vulnerable I am about it, the more I talk about it. it it's actually really funny because the, the better I become with being at peace with it and kind of, um, you know, being uh, happy that it actually happened, as I mentioned earlier, it was actually a blessing in disguise. And that's something mm -hmm. I would have never realized just a few years ago. Yeah, that's that's key. You know, the same kind of thing happened with me as well. Like, I really started being honest when I started coaching, uh, and in particular working with with my men's group as well. I started putting myself to the challenge of being a role model on opening up so that they could open up. And the same exactly. thing happened for me. It started to heal my past. Mm -hmm. I um I was talking about something at a, at a seminar recently, and I realized the first time I had talked about that thing. I'd been, it was to do with like sexual performance anxiety issues. When the first time I talked about it, I was so scared I was going to throw up, you know. And then <laughs> like the hundredth time I talked about it, I felt nothing. Like that thing had been fully healed. It was just fact now. I had no like painful emotion attached to it anymore. And I'm, I'm keen to hear a bit more about that, man. Like tell us a bit more about the development you started to make with yourself once you started helping others, you know, once you became a coach or whatever you called yourself at the time. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some kind of quote out there that says um, the minute you start teaching about something, um, the better you learn it yourself. I forget exactly mm -hmm. how it goes, but it's like the more you can teach something, the, you're always you're all, so we're always learning things, we're always growing, we're always um, bouncing ideas off each other and kind of taking things from different people. Um, as soon as I started coaching and, and helping guys get over this thing and really talking about it and opening up about it. The more I learned about it myself and the more I kind of um, grew and, and, and got over it and became okay with it. So, again, it's like the uh, the truth heals all. It's it's really true. Like the, the more you're just open and, and vulnerable and, and kind of uh, wear your heart on your sleeve and when, you know, obviously when it's appropriate, if you're like teaching someone, you want to really connect with that person. Mm. Um, the best way to do that is to open up about things that you're – maybe not proud of or things that you don't love about yourself or things that have happened to you in the past that weren't great. Um, because, you know, you can sit here and, or I could sit here and pretend like everything's awesome and I'm, you know, the perfect man and just masculine and everything, like everything's awesome. But, you know, it's not the reality of things. I don't think anybody's like that. Um, but being able to kind of open up even on, you know, a call like this and maybe connect with your listeners because they're going through a lot of the struggles that I've gone through in my life um, is actually the best way to to really um, not only teach them and, and connect with them, but also learn myself again. Because the more I talk about it, the better it is for me. The more I'm, I'm open about this thing, the more I can um, learn from from my past and kind of even get over it even further. I oh, I couldn't agree more, man. And um, that that raises something because quite I know quite a few of the people that that uh, follow me or listen to the show. They're at the point where they're kind of hearing a lot now 
about how being truthful is the way forward. That, you know, deceiving people, pretending, trying to look cool, whatever you want to call it, uh, isn't actually as effective in building a connection as being truthful is. What are your thoughts on that? How, in terms of especially, let's say, not just clients, but say with women or friends or whatever, what have you noticed about being more truthful? It's probably being vulnerable, being truthful is one of the most effective when it comes to women attraction strategies out there. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I was talking a while, like years ago now, I was talking a while ago back with uh, Kezia Noble, who's one of the best mm-hmm. um, you know, dating coaches out there for men, even pickup artists kind of thing uh, you might call her. But she's just really, really smart, really, really, um, really knows her stuff. And she was saying that, you know, being vulnerable, unapologetically vulnerable, I believe her term was, um, is, is probably the most attractive thing in a man. Um, and it, it's so true. Like just being able to, um, cause, cause if you think about it, like, a um, alpha man, alpha male, alpha man is always confident in himself. He always, you know, has a, an idea in his mind of what he wants to do. He's always a leader. He always takes charge of the situation. Um, and, He's not, he's not obviously not perfect, but he's the alpha in the situation. He knows what he wants and kind of goes after it. And he's not afraid to be vulnerable because at the end of the day, if you're truly alpha, you're not afraid of, of, of appearing weak or, you know, um, putting yourself out there, maybe messing up a little bit because you know you're still alpha. The true alpha males, the true alpha men in this world, um, have no qualms at all about falling down or, you know, looking like an idiot or messing up because they know they're going to stand right back up and be alpha still. The guys who are not alpha are the guys who kind of stand back and, you know, are too cool to, um, too cool to mess up or too cool to put themselves out there. I always think about, you know, the guy at the uh, bar, you going out to like a nightclub or something and the guy who's like, you know, big, strong guy standing at the bar and, you know, he's, he's all serious all night. And he's not talking to anybody. And, you know, maybe he's a great looking guy. Maybe he's jacked and he has all these muscles, but he's not getting any women because he's just standing there pretending to be like the alpha male. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look over at the dance floor and you see this guy, you know, dancing like a goof and laughing and joking around and being silly. And um, he has all these women around him dancing with him because he's putting himself out there and he's um, not afraid to be vulnerable and, and, and be in those situations. So, the, the true alpha male in this situation is the guy who's putting himself out there. Maybe he doesn't look as good as the guy standing at the bar, but he's socially confident in himself, and he knows that whatever he does, whatever he um, does, is going to work out in his benefit. And you know, him, him, he's getting all the women, and, and you know, in this case, it, it is working out for him. So that's like the alpha male I look for, and that's the alpha male that I project and, and, and teach other guys to be. Uh, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting, you talked just then about the whole idea, that kind of certainty, uh, as you say, the alpha male will have in himself. And and I, I link that immediately back to trial and error. You know, I think of someone like yourself, you've been through so much trial and error now that you just have that certainty, you're going to find the way. Whatever barriers in front of you, you're going to get through it because you've gotten through so many before, no matter how many tries it took, you know? Yeah. And I think people often look for kind of formulas of, of how to be confident or how to be alpha or whatever they call it. And I think, well, sometimes it's actually just a bit of fucking hard work. You know, sometimes it's just <laughs> about going out there and being quite uncomfortable for a long period of time in order yeah. to learn whatever it is you need to learn. And 
It's being able to go through that discomfort over and over again that gives you the confidence in yourself. You know you've done it before, so you know you can do it again, you know? I see yeah. that a lot in you. Yeah, just to piggyback on that, man, one of the biggest things I did, because I tend to be like that alpha man that I mentioned a moment ago, like the guy being goofy and, and being silly and, you know, being social and, and, you know, putting yourself out there dancing on the dance floor. Um because I did things like, for instance, take a dance class where I was the only guy and there was 30 women in the class <laughs> and I'm a horrible dancer and I was even worse at the time, um, just the worst dancer possible. But I put myself in that situation and took a class for four or five months, uh, twice a week and it was an hour long. And every single time I went into that class, I was scared shitless because, again, I was horrible at dancing and I was putting myself in this environment where I was the only guy and there was so many attractive women in the class. Um, but that again gave me the confidence and the persistence to, to go forward in everything else in my life and take this confidence that I could do it and I could put myself out there and I could be okay and I could be vulnerable and everything was going to work out because I had done it already and it was like that trial and everything where I had it in me and I knew it, it, it had already worked before. <laughs> I love it. See, this is the kind of stuff that people would see you having a fun time dancing. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't be able to see that backstory, you know, and they'd make up all these other stories. And, you know, I, I just love that, you know, there's a kind of, there's a truism in martial arts, and that is the greatest masters are the ones who are willing to be students, you know. And uh -huh. and then you can see that again with, with someone who's alpha. I mean, when I think of someone who's truly alpha, as you kind of reference, they're the one who's not trying to be. They're the one who's, you know, they're, they're the student of life. They're just trying to learn a better way to live every day and they're the ones that end up you know achieving mastery level often without even realizing it they still see themselves as a student you know and so i love that that willingness to be to be useless to be shit at dancing to be the beginner to be the whatever in order to learn you know and i think there's almost it's almost like an insecure arrogance um in some people where they're not willing to put themselves out there because they're not willing to be shit at something they're not willing to be the the bottom of the class you know uh -huh. and until you're willing to do that as you mentioned you know you're not going to learn anything you'll just be sitting there with your arms folded watching the other guy dance you know <laughs> and, uh, it's not a fun <laughs> place to be i've been there too um yeah. awesome man look I, I really really appreciate you you know sharing your story with us today and i think this is probably a good time to transition tell us a bit more in detail about what it is that you do help people and if someone wanted to work with you or whatever um how you help them and how they can get in touch with you yeah i appreciate that man and definitely had a, a blast doing this this uh, call um so anyone out there who wants to maybe learn more about what i do um i, I coach guys every single day um have a tremendous amounts of content and, and information. I do uh, the podcast, the Elite Man podcast, which you can mm -hmm. find on Stitcher or iTunes. Um, interview some of the best experts in the world, um, just top-notch guys, business, health, dating, fitness, confidence guys. Um, and then also the uh, website I have, which is EliteManMagazine.com. Um, or just shoot me an email, Justin at EliteManMagazine.com, if you want to learn more about some of the coaching I'm doing and really helping guys make break breakthroughs in their confidence or their dating life. Fantastic, man. I'll include all those links and everything as well in the in the show notes there for anyone who's interested. Just have a little scroll and you should find them. And uh, and and this is what I love about like anybody listening knows you've 
you had to go through it all yourself the long hard way and that's what I, in my opinion what makes the greatest coaches is the ones who knows you know what their clients are going through and what it feels like to be their client and the way out of that you know yeah. um so that's awesome man once again really thank you so much for for opening up and letting us see the the background the behind the scenes to the you know the shiny finished product as so many people would see it <laughs> um and and for opening up man and yeah, I, I really look forward and to, to watching you continue with this, man, because you've just gone from strength to strength, and it just looks like nothing but positivity for the future. Uh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it, Dan, and I, I appreciate you having me on, man. I had a good time. <laughs>